Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bass. Today is Thursday, meaning this is going to be a blast of an episode. Fan questions coming at you in a little while. We got trivia. We have storylines. Aaron Judge is tracking down history. An injury update on my brother. The Mets and Dodgers are facing off. This one is going to be a blast of an episode. Let's get to it. It's a He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. You know, also happening today, Taylor, which I'm, I'm excited about, I got producer Taylor out here with me, we have Pitching Ninja joining, which is going to be great, the dude is just a legend, we had him on recently, and uh, guess what, we're going to do it again with him. Wow. You're going to love to see it. All the nasty pitches in the MLB. Can't exactly. wait. Exactly. you just love to see it. Um, so he's doing some, some writing for us now, the top five filthiest pitches of the week. And guess what? He's coming on here to talk about them. We're going to break it all down. I love that dude. I love what he's doing for the game of baseball. And uh, why not continue to bring him on a show that tries to celebrate the game of baseball as well? So we'll be doing that in a little bit as well. But I want to start this show with Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is slowly but surely not even slowly he is surely tracking down history he is now at 51 home runs he hit his 50th home run on the season on Monday night Judge became the 10th player in MLB history and the only active player to have multiple 50 plus home run seasons now, in Yankees history, Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle are the only other ones to do that. Babe Ruth did it four times. Mickey Mantle did it two times. Just think of these names I'm saying. This isn't just like any team's history. When you start talking New York Yankees history and the only two that you're in a category with are Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle, well, that's a pretty big deal. And Aaron Judge is now in a category with just those two guys, the only other Yankees with multiple seasons of 50 or more home runs. He is still on pace now. He hit his 50th and 51st in back-to-back -back nights. So Monday, Tuesday, 50th and 51st. He is now back on pace to break the record set by Roger Maris of 61 home runs for the New York Yankees. Um, he's on pace for 63 at this point. This is huge. This is a huge deal, and I hope he gets it done. I would love to see him get to 70. I, I don't think – I mean, he'd have to go on an absolute tear in the last month. He'd have to hit, what, 19 homers in, in a month basically, but I hope he breaks Roger Maris's record. That would just be awesome. He's on pace for 63. It'd break the record. No one has hit 60 or more home runs in a season 
since 2001 when Barry Bonds hit 73 and Sammy Sosa hit 64. So he's close. He's getting closer. Taylor, the question I have for you, because I'm hoping he gets it done, is do you think that Aaron Judge gets it done and breaks Roger Maris's record? While I think it would be great for baseball, I don't think he's going to get it Whoa! done. Hot take, I know. I mean, what? He's got to get 10. There's 32 games left. It's basically a home run every three games. Uh, the AL East is a lot closer than people think now. Seven games back for the Rays. I just think he's going to get pitched around a lot. They face the Rays, Twins, Blue Jays towards the end. I just don't think he's going to get enough pitches to get it done, to be honest. In my opinion, would I like to see him get it done? Yes. But do I think it's going to happen? I don't think wow. so. Wow. What this about you? Is, what about you? What this do we got? Is, this is a hot take out of you, Taylor. I, I like it. I love hot takes. And I'm going to go against you here. I do think he gets it done. Uh, I, I think he's very capable of doing what he did um, in the last couple of nights, a home run Monday, home run Tuesday. Just when you think he's falling off that pace and gets back into the pace of 61, 60, 59 home runs, he hits two home runs in a game or two in back-to-back nights, and he's right back on pace to do it. So I think he's going to do it. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm really hopeful he does it, uh, but I, I do think he gets it done. So. You say no, but you hope yes. Yes. I say, I, no, I'll go, you know, I am making it clear. You do want him to get it done, right? You're not yeah, I want, to get, I want him to get it done. I think it'd be great for baseball. Obviously, uh, I was a young kid when uh, Sosa and McGuire did it. I think it's great for the game. I just don't know if he's going to get enough pitches to do it. That's okay. just my thoughts. But That's a good, that's a good, um, that's a good note there. I, he is going to be getting pitched around a lot. So I hope he gets it done. I do think he gets it done. Um, and he got 51 before the calendar turned sep- to September. Listen to this. Most home runs before September in MLB history. Barry Bonds in 01, he had 57. Sammy Sosa, 55. Sammy Sosa, again, 55 in back-to-back years. Mark McGuire, 55. Sammy Sosa, 52. Aaron Judge in 2022 at 51. Now, look, we're not going to get into we're not going to get into the details here, but let's take a look at all of those names above him. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, all in an era that let's just say there may have been some help that they had. I I don't know. Well, who's who's to say, really? <laughs> but I mean, that's pretty impressive that he is right there in the thick of all of those names in this year. So, uh, Aaron Judge continues to march towards history we now have just about a month left of the season and i am here hoping he gets it done despite producer taylor hoping and rooting against him with every fiber of his being so um just kidding taylor wants him to get it done i do as well and i hope he does so aaron judge 51 um let's move on real quick talk about my brother quick update here justin verlander has hit the il do not worry, my friends. We got best case news. We got good news after the MRI. There is no um, no ligament damage here, nothing too long-term. It was good news. Uh, they avoided the big injury that could have kept him out for a long time. But when it comes to calf injuries, this one uh, was 
probably best case scenario. So update here. It's a quick one. Don't worry. Justin is fine. He is currently the favorite for the AL Cy Young Award. And uh, hopefully he's not out for too long, just misses maybe a couple of starts, and he will be back very quickly. Really bad um, bad timing here and, and some bad juju going on with the American League frontrunners for the Cy Young Award now that I think about it. Justin goes down, um, hopefully not too bad, but hits the IL. Shane McClanahan supposed to start on Tuesday, removed from after his pregame warm-up. Didn't even take the mound, had a left shoulder impingement, they are calling it. Um, so imaging to be done there. But um, Justin will be fine, hopefully not out too long. And hopefully with Shane McClanahan, he is not out for long at all. Um, but we have to wait and see there. But quick update there, Justin's fine. Do not worry, my friends. Let's move on to talk about the Mets and the Dodgers. Because these are the two best teams in the National League. And honestly... There's an argument that they're the two best teams in baseball. You know, you, you throw the Astros in there, um, but they're two of the at least top three best teams in baseball. And they're squaring off this week in a great matchup. This one's really fun. Um, obviously, a lot of good pitching going around. All six starters in this series, all six of the scheduled starters, have an ERA under 3.50. All six. That is impressive. This series is exciting. It's full of good pitching. It's full of good offense. The two best teams in the National League squaring off against each other. Could this be an NLCS preview? Yes, it absolutely could. I think these two teams are fantastic. I think there's a few teams in the National League that will have something to say about that. But if I had to predict right now, these are, these are the two best teams, and I think they're on a collision course to face each other in the NLCS. So what I want to do is a little tale of the tape. We're going to go through Dodgers and Mets. We're going to go from their starting pitching to their bullpen to the offense to the defense to the manager, and I'm going to pick which team has the advantage in each category. So let's start with the starting pitching rotation. For me, this is the Mets. Now, if, if we were doing this a month ago, I might have given a different answer. My thoughts here might have been different. The, the, Met, the, the Dodgers team starting rotation ERA is the best. Now, Walker Bueller goes out for the year and out next year. Tony Gonsolin goes down. Hopefully that's not too... Um, too big of a deal and he can be back here quickly but Clayton Kershaw hasn't been the most healthy this year there's some issues there um, so when I look at these two teams and, and I want to look at this from a playoff standpoint when I when I look at these two teams there's no question to me that the Mets rotation is is the better with having Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett at the top of that rotation. Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom are the best one-two punch in all of baseball, and that's not debatable. So you, you start looking at a playoff series, and you're going to have to face those guys multiple times. Maybe not deGrom, because I doubt they're going to be pitching him on short rest very often, but with, with deGrom and Scherzer at the top of that rotation, I will take them, especially with Walker Bueller now being out for the rest of the year. Let's move on to the bullpen. 
bullpen, I'm also taking the Mets. And this is another situation where the Dodgers team bullpen ERA is actually better. I have concerns there with the Dodgers back end of the bullpen. For me, Edwin Diaz makes up all of the slack here. Edwin Diaz comes in in the ninth inning and gets the job done. Craig Kimbrell comes in in the ninth inning and everybody is shaking in their boots. It's simple. Come playoff time, come October, you need a dominant back into the bullpen. Edwin Diaz has proven that he can come in in the eighth and get six outs for a team in dominant fashion. And I don't trust the Dodgers bullpen to do as much as Edwin Diaz can do. So I'm picking the Mets bullpen solely because Edwin Diaz is the best closer in the game of baseball and his walkout entrance is electric as well. So just throwing that in there. Let's move on to the offense. This one is easy. The offense, hands down, without a doubt, is the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the best offense in baseball. They have by far the highest OPS in baseball. They have all-stars, MVPs, every direction you look. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Cody Bellinger. Now, he's obviously not the MVP, Cody Bellinger, anymore. But every once in a while, he steps up and has a big hit. Will Smith has been the best catcher in baseball for the last couple of years. Um, Trey Turner, unbelievable. I mean, you just look around this field, this offense, and there is no doubt that by far the Dodgers offense is better. And that's quite the, the statement because the Mets offense has vastly improved from years past. Pete Alonso has been really good, but Starling Marte is a stud. Jeff McNeil has been really good. Mark Canis stepped up big time. Uh, you look around the, the Mets offense, and they are so improved from last year. But this is no question, no statement. The Dodgers offense is elite. They are the winners here, and they are the best offense in the game of baseball. Moving on to defense. Defense also the Dodgers I mean look the Mets also the Mets have a good defense but how do you go against Freddie Freeman at first base Mookie Betts in the outfield Cody Bellinger in the outfield I mean the Dodgers have gold glovers everywhere you look I'm a big fan of them and the defense so uh, Dodgers here for me so look we're sitting at two to two I want to get to the manager the tiebreaker here is gonna be the manager. Is it going to be Dave Roberts? Is it going to be Buck Showalter? For me, the winner is the Mets and Buck Showalter. What Buck Showalter has brought to the Mets this year cannot be understated. I brought, uh, I had Keith Hernandez on the podcast just a couple of weeks ago, and he said of all the pickups the Mets have made in the offseason, they got Scherzer, they got Starling Marte, Marcana, Eduardo Escobar, Chris Bassett. The biggest pickup they made was Buck Showalter for what he has meant to this team and bringing the team together. On the other side of things, has Dave Roberts won a ton of games in the regular season and is a perennial playoff guy and has tons of playoff wins? Yes. However, when it comes to playoff baseball, I do believe Dave Roberts gets a little panicky. I think I think he's quick to hit the panic button. I think he changes up everything he does in the regular season, which obviously October is different. But look, I, I don't love the way he manages the pitching staff in October, which is easy to say. I mean, come on, who, who's going to be good at it? Not many. And I do think he's good. I just think that 
He gets a little gimmicky sometimes. Sometimes he pulls the plug a little too early. The calendar turns to October, and Dave Roberts turns into a different manager with his team. Um, you start seeing, you know, um, bullpen guys starting in the in the World Series, which sometimes works out, sometimes doesn't. For me, it's Buck Showalter, what he has meant to this Mets team this year, and that is the tale of the tape for the Dodgers versus the Mets. But now it is time to bring on not only just an absolute stud, but a friend of mine, a friend of the pod. He is known to you all as Pitching Ninja, and he is known to me as Pitching Ninja as well. Rob, how are you, my friend? Thank you for joining me. I am doing great, and it is great to be here. I like I that am- intro. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that forever. <laughs> I yeah I you know it just it just came to me he's known to you all as pitching ninja and he's known to me as pitching ninja as well so I'm pumped up to have you on man and I know had you on uh you know about a month or two who knows time is a circle I don't even know how long it's been but it was a lot of fun and we're gonna do it again and hopefully do it again and again so you've been doing a lot of things for us now especially some writing your top five pitches of the week so what I want to do is have you on here and we can really dive into those pitches and really analyze them so let's get started with your top five pitches of the week who do you have uh what do you have up first for me I believe we have Jordan Hicks up for first with a crazy 101 mile an hour two seamer slash sinker do you like calling them two seamers or sinkers I, I like calling it a sinker just because it sounds more intimidating than a two-seamer. His also has his sinks. I mean, there there is a difference between a two-seamer and a sinker. A two-seamer just kind of runs, not just kind of, it's miserable to face. It, it runs a little, has some ASR on it, but a sinker actually sinks. And to, to say that Jordan Hicks has a sinker when it's 101 is absolutely mind-blowing to even say. Oh, and especially this. I mean, look at the way that pitch moves. It's like magic. Uh, um, and this absolutely does sing. I mean, look at that thing just break down as well as break arm side. That is filthy. That is filthy. All right, Jordan Hicks was first. Next up, you have Shane McClanahan. Talk a little bit about what you saw from him this week. Oh, this is a crazy 100-mile-an-hour fastball with a ton of arm side run. And this thing, as opposed to a sinker, looks like it's rising. I mean, doesn't that look like it's rising? It does. I mean, I know they don't rise. They they technically don't, but even in the box it does. I I used to hit lefties really well. I loved facing lefties. But the one spot that got me was fastballs up and away, which I struggled with. And it's not easy to take because it does. If it's running, it looks like it's taking off because it's moving away from you. And you can see it here if you're watching on YouTube as opposed to just listening. We're showing Rob's tweet as well. And this pitch is technically running away from Mike Trout, but being a right-handed hitter, it does kind of like it just takes off and running away. It seems like it's rising. So you're right. And the fact you said this is a hundred miles an hour. That is a hundred miles an hour. And if Mike Trout looks bad on it, I mean, come on, it's a nasty pitch. So let's just all hope and cross our fingers that Shane McClanahan is okay and that this shoulder impingement is not. Um, not a huge deal going forward because what he has been doing this year has been unbelievable. And the Cy Young 
caliber season, the, the stretch run we're about to get with, with Justin, Shane McClanahan, and Dylan Cease is great. And I hope both of the first two are okay. Justin is okay, won't be out super long. Hopefully McClanahan isn't either. And Dylan Cease is just unbelievable. I'm sure we'll be talking about him a lot in the future. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's one of my favorites to watch. So is Shane. Like this this bugged me. I hated seeing him get hurt because I know he's one and of he, the best guys. I thought it was gonna be um, well, we don't exactly know yet, but um, Kevin Cash came out and said he was hopeful. It didn't look good, Rob, in the bullpen. Like, he was emotional. He looked like he was a little distraught. And when a pitcher does that, you kind of know. Like, you know as a pitcher when something's wrong. So hopefully he's okay because it didn't look great, right? Oh, no. And I was emotional too, but there was no camera on me. So. Right. So he is on the IL now, 15 days there. Justin is also on the 15-day IL. So uh, hopefully that's speedy recovery for both. Next up for you this week, you have Brady Singer. What do we got from him? I love front door two-seamers. I mean, it's one of my favorite pitches. And Marte really makes this. I mean, him jumping out of the way of this <laughs> is, is absolutely fantastic. Like, that's what you want out of a pitcher to make a hitter feel scared like that. Does, does part of your pitches of the week have to do with the batter's reaction? Or are you, like, it has to, right? It has to. Like, if it, I mean, a pitch could be nasty, and if, it, if a batter doesn't react, doesn't swing, or hits the ball, it makes it less exciting. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and that reaction is fantastic. Not as good as a reaction he had, what was it, a couple years ago, where the sort of the year where he just, uh, I think Miguel Castro <laughs> threw one and he fell on his face. That was my favorite of all time. Did you come up, was S.W.O.R.D. started by you, or was that elsewhere? Um, it started by me. But it's from Benchwarmers. So for everybody, you know, it, basically the, the line was don't don't chop at it. It's not a sword. But I I changed it to be basically any really bad swing. Yeah, it's a sword. Yeah, yeah. I, I so can talk me. a lot. I can talk a lot about really bad swings and swords. <laughs> so uh, no, I talk down about myself a lot here. I actually wasn't that bad of a baseball player, I promise. So uh, Dude, <laughs> a heck of a first pitch before we get like I saw that you did a great job in Japan. I mean, that was fantastic. Thank you, by the way. You know, we need a we need a pitching ninja breakdown of my first pitch. You know, I, so let me tell you about that first pitch real quick. I don't know if you have done it often or if you've gotten to do it in a major league stadium or professional stadium, but the nerves really start to kick in. Now I've pitched, I pitched in D one in college. I've pitched on a professional field in front of a lot of fans, but it's just different when you throw a first pitch because it's not really like normal to go out and throw like hard. Like if I throw hard, I will throw a pit, you know, right now, probably around 80. So it's like n not many people are doing that, but I kind of have to do that or else you, you're just going to, half-ass the effort and you're going to choke it into the ground or something weird can happen so I just got a, I just committed and threw it and who knows there's a batter I didn't know there'd be a batter for the first pitch in Japan they really threw me for a wrinkle there when they sent out their starting left fielder <laughs> I thought that was awesome I loved I, I I followed your whole trip because I am big into Japanese baseball generally mm -hmm. and have been to some of the games out there and and I just loved it. I thought your your tour was fantastic. Thank you. It, Not the brown nose, but but it's true. I really did. The the baseball in in Japan is 
is special. I will say that. I'm wearing a Yokohama Bay Stars jersey right now that. as we That's speak, awesome. honestly. So uh, next up, you have Jimmy Hergett. What we got from old Jimmy Hergett? I faced him. He's a nightmare in the box. I know. It seems like every time I'm on here, I feature Jimmy Hergett because I knew <laughs> of that story, but that wasn't, I didn't know that was going to happen. But look at this, look at his breaking ball he throws. I'm not uh, sure if he calls this his curveball or his slider, but Springer's going to need a longer bat to be able to hit that. That's all I know. That ball's well into the other batter's box, and he's just so glitchy, the human glitch. That's what he is, right? Do you know if he's doing it often in the big leagues? Because when I, I faced him when he was in high A in Daytona, and he's a nightmare because he has the same stuff. He had the same stuff he has now, but he was doing a lot of um, – timing disruption things a lot of hesitation does he do a lot of that now still or no he does occasionally i've definitely seen him do it and uh and featured it so how do you deal with that as a hitter like you're dealing with a guy who's herky-jerky anyway and then he messes with timing has all this nasty stuff he's basically creating multiple pitches out of one pitch by messing with timing too like how does that how do how do you deal with that i'm honestly surprised that we don't see it more because it really does take things from, let's say a guy has four pitches. If he's messing with timing, that's essentially like eight pitches and you don't know what the other four are because you don't know what the timing is. So what you really have to do is basically go into like, uh, you, you have to cut down. If you're a leg kick guy, it's a nightmare. You have to cut down on the leg kick. You almost have to turn it into like a two strike approach, but it's a nightmare to face. I never liked it. Add on top of that his disgusting stuff. He's the human glitch, as you call him. So uh, that is very true, and he's not a lot of fun to face in the box. So I like that. That was a disgusting slider. Uh, it looks like George Springer up the plate. He had no chance there. So uh, next up, you had Bruce Dargratterall. What do you got from him? Uh, we've got a wicked sinker, two-seamer. Look how much this thing runs. And he basically gets a little tip of the hat here from McCutcheon. And Gratterall is so cool because it looks like he's doing this in his sleep. Like, it is basically me throwing BP, except when it comes out of my hand, it's like 55. <laughs> and it comes out of his hand, it's like 100. But uh, look at the movement on that. That's crazy. I've always been impressed by him because you're right. It looks like he's not trying and then not only is it 100 plus miles an hour, it's moving all over the place. And it's always been so interesting to me, just like, and he seems to take it into another level in the playoffs. It's just, he's, a, he's unbelievable. I don't feel like we talk about him enough. And he's one of the first guys that I remember thinking like, this guy's throwing 101 and it's just falling off a table as a sinker. And that is just the most unfair thing that I've seen in a long time. So I like that out of you, uh, Bruce Dar Gratterall. Uh, next up, you have a player that um, <laughs> I'm a fairly big fan of, I've Rob. So, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. You have Shohei Otani on here. So let's talk a little bit about Shohei. And again, I didn't throw this in there because I knew I was going to be on. Like, this <laughs> is legit. Like, he just makes stuff up. And he added this sinker to his arsenal, his already deadly arsenal. And this is a 97-mile-an-hour sinker with really some sick movement on this. I mean, look at that thing just drop and run. That is a high-end sinker from a dude who didn't throw a sinker up till, like, a few weeks ago. 
That's the most remarkable thing here to me. And when it comes to Shohei, you know, I, I don't think I talk enough about Shohei Otani on this show. I think I could do it a little more. So I'm glad we're talking about him here. But, you know, everyone talks about the pitching and the hitting. And yeah, it's great. Um, I, I could go on about that for, for days. But the fact that he just in the middle of the season pulled out a new pitch, just invented a pitch that he's never thrown before, and it's a sinker in the upper 90s. I mean, that is remarkable. Have you, and, and this is, you might not know the answer to this, and you might not have heard, have you heard him talk about this at any point? He just made this up. Has he talked about this pitch yet? I think he did mention it the first time he used it. He said, like, he wanted to just incorporate it in there, and he thought it was a good time. Yeah, I know. Like, come on. This is this is literally a high-end upper 90s sinker of a guy who has an unhittable slider and an unhittable splitter and who throws a hundred like I don't think we talk like I really don't think we talk about his pitching enough because he legit has one of the maybe the best one of the best stuff in the major leagues like I'm not saying he's the best pitcher I'm saying he's got some of the best stuff and he's arguably among the best pitchers without a doubt you know I don't disagree. He is a Cy Young caliber pitcher. Do I think he wins it this year? No. In fact, I hope he doesn't because I hope my brother does. But <laughs> his stuff is certainly amongst the top in the game. His he has a he has a Cy Young caliber arsenal. He has the potential to win one in the future. That's how good of a pitcher he is. We're not just talking about a guy that is a hitter. And, oh, yeah, he also pitches. No, this is a Cy Young caliber pitcher, and he's absolutely dominant. And he's just making up pitches on the fly, and it's not just your normal pitch. It's a sinker at 97 miles an hour, which is ridiculous. Uh, you have a couple of honorable mentions for me. And first up, you have A.J. Minter, friend of the podcast. So uh, I'm starting to think you keep saying you're not putting guys on here just for <laughs> me. I'm starting to think, Rob, that you are. I don't think he would like this, though. <laughs> Maybe he would. But this is fantastic. He fell down after throwing, which is awesome, like this follow-through. And then I paired him up with Johnny Cueto doing the same thing. And this is just magic. Like, I think this is beautiful. I think it's beautiful as well. And I think he had some fun with it. How can you not have some fun with it? Um, it happens. It's probably the most embarrassing thing that can happen on the mound when, you know, a spike gets uh, caught in the dirt and or, or you just don't find your landing and you trip and you fall. So um, this is honestly and this is no knock on the other stuff you do. This is some of my favorite work of yours. When you take something like this, you do it into something else or when you, you take something from another sport like the basketball throw off the off the backboard last year. There's, I, I love when you do stuff like this. So this one was a lot of fun. So Rob, thank you for coming on, uh, AKA the pitching ninja. Hopefully I would love to have you back on in the future and we can continue to talk about your top five pitches of the week on here. Dude, anytime. And next time it's going to be like Justin and it's going to be hurry to get like, I'm just going to pick your top five. And, favorite and you're going to say every week. Now I didn't do I this didn't for you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rob, thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Uh, make sure you're all following him on Twitter, and then we can talk about some of those tweets next week if we do this next week. So, Rob, thank you so much. I'll be bringing you back on more and more, so thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me, Ben. All right, see ya. Let's move on now.
and let's bring Taylor out for this. It is time for my pick to click. Now, Taylor, I haven't done this since I left for Japan, so it's been a couple of weeks. I don't exactly remember what my pick to click was before I left for Japan, but I do remember that I got it right. So you're just going to have to take my word here and remember that I got my pick to click right. And I don't know if you did, but we can say it did if you, if you did. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take the dub whenever I can get it. So Okay, great. We, we, we both got our pick to clicks right. Yeah, we're both batting a thousand, so... All right, so let's start. Uh, let's start with yours. What is your pick to click this week? I mean, I'm coming out with hot takes all day. Uh, Yankee haters are going to be all up in my DMs, but uh, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays sweeping the New York Yankees this Ooh. weekend. I know people are upset. They're a good team, yada yada yada. But over the last 30 days, uh, not good outside of Judge. Glaber's batting under 200. Lemayhew under 200. Donaldson's hitting 235. Rizzo's hitting 205. Hicks, we won't go there. Uh, and and out, <laughs> outside of Garrett Cole, Tyon's 5 ERA. Montas is a 7. Uh, Nasty Nestor's on the IL. And Severino's coming back. He's got a rehab start this week. But, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, not big on the Yankees. Rays are starting to pick it up, so I got Rays sweeping the Yankees. What do you got? Give me the juice. The, the Yankees have some issues to put it lightly i do believe they're one of the best teams in the league they will get into the playoffs i do believe they hold on to the division which by the way the division lead isn't that crazy anymore Just we're saying. talking single digits we're talking seven it's not the craziest thing in the world and i don't think their pitchers were ever destined to all have eras below three like they did earlier in the year so there's always going to be a bit of a regression but this is a this is a little alarming if you're if you're Yankees fans, the way their rotation is heading and, and the IL and all that stuff. So uh, that is a hot take, my friend. And I commend, I commend you for having a juicy hot take for your pick to click because I do not really. <laughs> but I will say that it is quite the milestone for him to get to. So he's sitting at 29 home runs. My pick to click this week is that Shohei Otani gets – to the 30 home run mark on the season. Yes, I know, Ben, come on, that's just one home run. One, okay, I hear you. But let's just talk about the fact if Shohei gets to 30 home runs, I mean, come on. This guy has an ERA of in you know the mid twos. He has 167 strikeouts in like 128 innings. He is unbelievable. And if you pair that with 30 home runs, I mean, come on. We talk all the time about, well, Aaron Judge is on the way to breaking records. Shohei Otani is the record. He is the record no matter what he's doing. So I think Shohei gets to 30 home runs this week. So yours is the Yankees get swept by the Rays, and mine is that Shohei Otani gets to 30 home runs this week. What do you think about that, Taylor? Uh, wow, really went out on a limb there. Uh, but, yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely think he'll get 30. Uh, he's been hitting a lot better at the plate. So, yeah, I agree. He's been hot. Yeah. What do you What do you got on my, my Yankees raise? you think that's happening? Maybe two out of three? Uh, this is tricky. I, I don't think it's happening. <laughs> and it's not that I'm rooting against it because it's your pick to click. I just don't think the Yankees are going to get swept. They they went on that awful stretch after the All-Star break, like nine of their first 20, like whatever it was. It was a nightmare. Nine and 20 in their first, like, 29. But they've turned it around a little bit, 
I don't think they get swept. I, I think this is a big series. They know it. The division's getting closer. I don't think they get swept. I think they find a way to win at least one or two. I, I think they win the series. I'll say that. All right, Ben, are you ready for some trivia? I know it's your favorite, uh, but we're going to start off with who currently leads Major League Baseball in doubles this season? Who leads Major League Baseball in doubles? I'm going to say leading Major League Baseball in doubles is... I'm not going to say Aaron Judge. I'm going to say it's Mookie Betts. Close. Correct team, but it's Freddie Freeman, who also leads the league in hits. So you're on the right path. You're on the right Freddie path. Freddie Freeman has 43 doubles. Good Lord. That's, that's pretty impressive. good. Pretty good at baseball, huh? Yeah, but he's good. People should really start. Um, people should learn about his, him and learn that name, Freddie yeah, Freeman. Fresh face, huh? <laughs> All righty. Moving on. Which pitcher? currently leads the American League in shutouts. Like complete game shutouts? Yep. He's got a robust two. He's got what? He's got two. Two. Complete game shutouts. Um, Dylan Cease has to be up. Is it Dylan Cease? No. It's your boy. It's your boy, Framer Valdez. I got the correct buzz. I'm gonna. I heard correct in my ear, so um, I'm just gonna go with. Uh, yeah, he's got 22 no. straight <laughs> quality starts. Yeah, 22 straight quality starts, breaking the Astros' um, all-time record. He's at. He's honestly up there in yeah. terms of the all-time record, and and that's in his sights. So what a remarkable stretch. He's had 24 starts this year. Uh, of his he just had his 25th so of his 25 starts only two haven't been quality starts which is unbelievable some some are putting him in the mv or the cy young race situation i mean obviously he's on the outside looking in but still putting up ridiculous <laughs> yeah, numbers some are putting him in the top 15 of that cy hey, young hey, race hey, so. hey, hey. <laughs> top five you know come on yeah, yeah, yeah. all righty ben who was the 2019 National League MVP. Ooh, 2019 NL MVP. Let's work backwards here. 2021, Bryce Harper. 2020, Freddie Freeman. 2019, that was the Cody Bellinger year. 2019, Cody Bellinger. Look at you. Look at you. So proud Woo! of you. We're back. We're back to the winning ways. All right, Ben, hoping you get this one. Who was the last player to achieve the Triple Crown? Miguel Cabrera. See, I knew it. I believed in you. Easy. Don't let me get hot, baby. <laughs> Two in a row. Let's go. Heat check. Uh, all right. This one might be a little tougher. Oh, <laughs> who was the I didn't mean literally, don't let me get hot. I was, you know, it's figurative. Like, all right, I'm heating up. Great. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Who is the last player to become a member of the 4040 Club? Alfonso Soriano. Look at you. Let's go. Washington Nationals. Yep. Alfonso Washington Soriano. Nationals. Alfonso Soriano of everybody in the 4040 club is an easy one to forget. Everybody remembers, you know, a lot of the other ones, but the yeah. Barry Bonds is of the world. Um, 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's see. I could, I can normally name you all of the members of the 4040 yeah. club. It's not the easiest. So, yeah, Alfonso Soriano, the most recent to do it. Washington Nationals. I believe it was in 2006. Yes, look at you. God, Thank getting you. them done. But are you ready to move on to some easier questions, some fan questions? I, I am not quite ready, Taylor, because as you know, I like to grade myself in trivia. Uh, and right. uh, I'm a little offended that I did well there, and you were so quickly ready to move on. I didn't want to give I'm you the credit. I'm starting to think – you're rooting against me. I'm starting to think a lot of people are rooting against me because y'all, the control room is really quick with the buzzer when I get it wrong. In fact, I was told in my ear that time that I wasn't going to get the the last answer. Wow. But when I knew it immediately. So Throwing people shade. are starting to root against me, and I persevere in the face of, of struggle and, and animosity and diversity. I will persevere. When people root against me. So we will do that. And I will now grade myself. And I'm going to give myself today an A. Now I'm giving myself mm. an A, just a regular A, because I got the first two wrong, so I can't go A+. But I had a lot of people rooting against me, which helps bump up my score. And I got three in a row correct. And two of the three were very difficult, might I add. So, uh, well, one of the three was very difficult. But the other, the Miguel Cabrera one was easy. Um, so I'm giving myself an A today. So kudos to me. Congratulations to me for a great day on trivia. I give you an A plus. You know what? Just for all the shade in the control room, I give you an A plus. A lot of shade coming out of the control room. A lot. So uh, it's really just going to help me push forward. So thank you to everybody. Alrighty. So going to move on to some easier questions now. Some mm-hmm. fan questions. <laughs> so the first one, coming from the Astros locker. Forget the 2022 Rookie of the Year award. Let's hand out some real hardware. Who wins a World Series title first? Atlee's Orioles or Julio's Mariners? First, I don't I don't know if I like the way we're saying let's hand out some real hardware because the Rookie of the Year award is real hardware. But I get I get what we're saying. The World Series trophy is a little different. Julio will be winning the Rookie of the Year award. Now, this is a great question. Who do I think wins the World Series first, Adley's Orioles or Julio's Mariners? I'm going to say Julio's Mariners. I really, I, I, I do really like this question, and I think they're both well on their way to being great. I think the Mariners are just a little bit closer, and I, for over a year now, have been saying that the Mariners are the 2025 World Series champs. So I'm going to take the Mariners. Wow, clip that off. I do love the question, though. Uh, Orioles got the young kids coming up. Gunnar Henderson, excited to see what he does. But uh, moving on, uh, Ben, what's more exciting for you, Pujols' chase for 700 or Judge's chase for 60? Ooh. Um, first off, the, the chase for 60 for me, um, yeah, it – the chase for 60 is 
relevant. But it's the chase for 61 to get to 62, I believe, is that's the chase. So um, the chase for 62 or the chase for 700, I don't see how I don't answer the chase for 700 here. It's Albert Pujols. It's what he's doing in his 40s. It's what he was doing against all odds when he was struggling in post-All-Star break. Not only has he been on a tear, he's been one of the best hitters in baseball, and he had to do that to get himself into position to be in reach for 700. So he is six away. We are closing in. The whole baseball world is locked in on that, as well as Aaron Judge. So this is a fantastic question. Uh, But I'm going to say to me, the more exciting chase is Albert Pujols for 700, and he could become the fifth all-time to get 700 home runs. I'd have to agree. I don't think a lot of people were celebrating Albert towards the end of this final season, and now that he's reaching on 700, people are kind of getting more excited about it and giving him a little more props than they were at the beginning of the season. But moving on here, Ben, if you had to choose between Julio, Jeremy Pena, and Bobby Witt Jr., to be the future face of your favorite ball club, who would you pick? (sighs) Great question. This is, um, you know, to me, this one is also tough because it's coming a day after having Bobby Witt Jr. on the show, who I believe is a superstar. I, I believe he is going to be a star in this game. Now, I believe Julio Rodriguez is going to be a, a mega star. I'm just handing out superstars, mega stars. <laughs> who else? Who knows what I can think of from here? But Julio Rodriguez is um, he's a generational talent, I think. Um, he plays good defense. He's fast. He has tons of pop. Uh, he can hit for average. I, I think he is going to be a, a perennial all star in the game. So if I had to pick which I do because this question is asking me to pick, I would say Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with either of the three. Uh, Final question here, Ben. Uh, Besides Murakami and Sasaki, did you see any other Japanese players that you think we could see in the major leagues in the next five to ten years? Oh, man. This is a tough one because... um, the names here for me were going to be Murakami and Sasaki that I was very excited about Um, because I I didn't know. um, hmm, This is, this is tricky. So before, before we started, I I knew that the, this question was coming about Japanese players that I was excited to see come to major league baseball, but I didn't know that these names were already in the question because my answers that I have right here are Murakami and Sasaki. So let me just talk about those two guys. That's what I'm going to do. Because when of, of the games I saw, I did not see Sasaki. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't line up for me to see him. But the, the guy throws 100. If you remember from earlier this year, he threw a perfect game. And then the very next outing threw eight perfect innings before getting pulled because of pitch count. So... Almost back-to-back perfect games, which is unbelievable. He will be a stud in Major League Baseball. Um, Murakami, I saw him up close and personal. He plays for the Occult Swallows. He was MVP of the league last year. He is this year um, on the edge, on the verge of being able to win the Triple Crown Award. 
uh, and potentially another MVP award. He is a stud. Now, this guy has the makings of a big leaguer. He's a big left-handed bat. He's built. He is a big guy. Uh, he has a great approach at the plate. The game I was at, he walked a couple of times, took some close pitches. He has a fantastic approach. He got a hit as well, um, a beautiful swing. So on the pitching side, I'm really excited about Sasaki. On the hitting side, I am really excited about Murakami as well. So it's been a lot of fun watching those guys. I didn't get to watch Sasaki in person, but I have seen him pitch, and to watch Murakami in person was really cool. So um, I, I'm excited about their potential in Major League Baseball. So I know that doesn't exactly answer your question, but to me, those are the two biggest names. Do you have a uh, player comp for Murakami? Ooh, good question. Player comp for Murakami. Just for um, the people who don't know, yeah. So he is he's a third baseman, left-handed hitting third baseman. But approach at the plate, um, I would kind of – I think I think it's fair to put him in the conversation of like a, a Rafi Devers. Ooh. Um, who is obviously great and – player comps are you know difficult to do but look this guy plays third base left-handed hitter just a, a just a built guy Rafi Devers he's a baby face but he's a built guy and he has tons of pop from the left side he can also hit for average uh, so I think that's a good player comp I kudos to me for that player comp now I I know I said a minute ago that Albert Pujols would be I think I said fifth to hit 700 home runs just to clarify it would be fourth or I said top five he would be the fourth ever to do it obviously Barry Bonds then there's Hank Aaron and then Babe Ruth and he could he could chime in right there after them Albert Pujols could be the fourth to ever hit 700 home runs A-Rod by the way right on the cusp of it finished with 696 home runs which is just wild to think about him finishing four away but I hope it doesn't happen to Albert Pujols please I need it like I need air to breathe I need him to hit 700 home runs I am rooting for him the baseball world is rooting for him we are all rooting for Albert Pujols to get to 700 home runs but that does it for today's episode this one has been a blast those fan questions were great the trivia questions were great i get an a for those trivia questions the control room gets an f for their negativity but this one has been an absolute blast my friends i hope you all enjoyed listening make sure you subscribe to flipping bats pod wherever you're listening to the podcast you can also follow on all social media Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch every single episode on YouTube as well. It's all Flippin' Bats Pod. So thank you all for listening. This one has been an absolute blast, and I will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats.